0: Hello and welcome to the DC Daily Drop. I'm Tom.
1: I'm Zach. And I'm Travis.
0: We're back to talk this week in DC TV, a busy week, seven TV shows on, and we're going to focus, of course, on the four CW DC superhero shows, starting with Legends of Tomorrow, The Curse of the Earth Totem, where there is pirates, Sarah goes on a date. Uh, what stood out to you in this episode, Travis?
1: I really enjoyed this episode, and what stood out to me mainly was the highlights from Sarah and Ava's date. I thought it was funny Sarah quipped that James Bond couldn't come close to handling the booze that she does. And the totem and Blackbeard's performance are two things that highlighted me because I didn't understand why the totem did that for that specific girl. But I, it was cool to see that they got one but gave one up. And Bray's stupidity at the end really drove me. But thinking about it after is in line with his character to feel bad about what he did.
2: Yeah, it's definitely in line with his character. And I, I have to agree, this is this is a really great episode of Legends. This is it has just about all the great fun things that you want from this show. And especially Blackbeard, I thought he was great. It's a lot of times hit or miss when they get the historical characters and make them a little goofy, like is it gonna be fun or not fun? But I thought it was really fun with him. The the only thing in this one that is starting to get a little old is like every single time they go and they try to fix something and something bad happens and then they find out that Damien Dark was behind it and every single time they're surprised like at this point just assume that he's behind it or he's going to show up and do something stop being surprised by him showing up
0: yeah that's a really really fair point I, I agree with most of what you guys said um we also got a lot of Wally and Rip and they were they were just sort of on their own journey uh I felt like I thought that was pretty fun and and seeing Wally and Rip kind of relaxed, trying to get drunk, having a a three minute hangover for Wally. I did feel like they were ripping on the Flash writers a little bit like, yeah, (laughs) you know, they were talking about how it didn't really fit in on the team and and everything like that. And it almost felt like it was more of more blaming the writing than the the actual in-universe reasons. But either way, um, it's it's I do like Wally and like seeing more of him.
1: I liked how they addressed that, though, because we complained on this very podcast that the Flash didn't know what to do with Wally. So it was kind of funny for me. But one thing I really want to note is mixed growth from the first season to now. Normally, like in the first season, he was just off just trying to rob, didn't have any care. Bray makes no of this in the end of the episode. But he goes up, asks Amaya how she is, basically changes her whole outlook. But in the episode, she's completely positive. And then he goes to Bray. Cuts through Ray's BS and talks to him, and genuinely cares about how Ray's feeling. And Ray notes like how far he's came, and is just glad to see like from the first season to that it's really good, to see a path.
2: Yeah, it is awesome to see that that growth in his character, and I I really really like him, and
0: he's getting more and more likable. Yeah, Mick's been Mick's one of the highlights of the show for a while. He's just a lot of fun, and definitely a different character than when he. Um, first joined the Legends, and I think it's been his his journey has been one of the most natural on the show. I would say it's probably been one of the better character arcs on the show. So definitely, always always good, Mick. All right, on to the Flash. We have subject nine, where we pick up immediately from the last episode, sort of where you know Barry getting out. They sort of addressed all those problems right away, didn't they, Travis?
1: Yeah, they did, but I gotta say, I did not enjoy this episode very much. I just, the DeVoe constantly switching bodies thing is starting to like lose me a little bit for the actual fear of the villain. But there were two things that I really like to note that I did enjoy, which was Iris was a great shoulder for Barry to cry on and lean on, and she gave him a voice, good advice. And I really enjoyed Ralph's growth throughout the season. In the first episode, we've seen he only cared about himself. And throughout this episode, it highlights how Barry's came, and he was genuinely devastated when he when Devo took over the new Meta's body.
2: Yeah, it's I I think I agree with you. It's I didn't like dislike this episode. It's a it's a solid Flash episode. It's not the best. It's just a kind of we need this episode, but it's not going to be memorable. Um, I did like that they answered most of the questions that we had that we were kind of making fun of the show for at the end. We're like, well, we live in a city of Met- metas. Of course, we don't trust that this is actually really DeVoe. So we're going to have to ask you to not be on the force for a while. Um, but I also really part of the highlights of the show were for, for me were Harry and Cecile, all their interactions. It was great to see that to give them something to do. And to also also because of that, the cerebro inhibitor comes about which we've been talked about for a while with savitar and everything so it's cool to see that come about but this is one of those episodes they always have these on these shows where they bring in a new character i think what was her name izzy the fiddler yeah and then somebody falls in love with her and like she has maybe i don't know five to ten minutes of screen time and we're supposed to like feel for her and like understand the relationship and like be rooting for them but i'm like well i don't really know you you just showed up and now you're gone already <laughs> i almost don't remember your name so it's it's hard because they're trying to fit it into one episode but it kind of stinks when they have
0: to do that right it i mean it ultimately this episode does tie in well with the devoe storyline but it, you're right It it was kind of rushed and everything there and it was sort of a it felt like such a classic freak of the week type episode just with introducing the new character and seeing the entire character's arc and revealing it you know usually you can tell someone is going to die a new character by how if they get uh, a secret identity to reveal to them in the first (laughs) episode like oh well you're gonna die there um so yeah um that worked to varying degrees but I was really glad we finally got some movement on the cerebro inhibitor even though it didn't work I'm guessing that was that's still something that can will come back into play later and they fix it or or um whatever but i'm glad they finally addressed that and realized oh yeah we haven't talked about that very much we should probably try to get one of those working yeah
1: i I like to see that tie in but i was a little frustrated that harry or any of them didn't try to think that Kilgrave was one of the metas that devo sucked the power out of so probably did she had the capabilities to access that power that's one thing that i was frustrated about but like you guys said, it did tie in a lot with the Developed storyline. So it did help advance the plot line forward.
0: Absolutely. So on to Black Lightning, three sevens of the Book of Thunder. We get a, a lot of movement in this episode, especially with Anissa and Jefferson. And finally, uh, sort of everyone learning what's going on with Anissa, at least her, her parents. What did you think of this episode, Travis?
1: This was awesome. I love that. I love how they don't shy away from the issues. They took on the statue debate that was raging last year in your country, and I just there's so much depth to this that we don't know to the story that we don't know. I want to know more about what happened nine years ago. I want an episode where we see flashbacks of nine years ago because this episode makes me want that because Gammy knows a lot more than what he's letting on, and that's what stuck with me the most that in the showdown at the end that i'm sure we'll talk about going forward but Gamby really stuck out to me because he knows lady eve and he's really not on the up and up with jefferson
2: yeah that's that's a perfect way to this, describe this episode is just like there's so many things that they've set up now especially with gamby and lady eve and all of these these little like trails of stories that we can follow that i want them to go down so they've set up a whole lot of stuff going forward that they can work with and do flashbacks and try to figure out. And you know, we saw Vanessa doing the research on her grandpa's uh, stuff, the stuff that got him killed, and we we get to see like the flashback of of him of Jefferson watching his dad die, and that was pretty. That was hard. And so, and then also seeing him struggle with the fact that he wants to kill um Tobias, and you know, a lot of the heroes they've had to do that, but this one they've somehow they've made it feel even a little bit different you know that's a struggle that a lot of the characters have to deal with but i think they they handled it really well on the show
0: yeah this show the last several weeks has gotten more and more comic booky with uh, all the things they've introduced and and the, the green light drug and and more superpowers and things like that but it continues to not shy away from showing really real events um it feels like it's all very relevant to what's going on in the world today um but it's still done and uh i think it's well done and so yeah i just i don't know i just i just continue to enjoy it it's really good we're another really great episode and um yeah i'm curious what's going on you know what's going to be explored with gamby what else what else is he not going to say what are we what's what are the missing pieces and i think we'll get more maybe some more flashbacks coming up before the end of the season to sort of, Show what happened nine years ago, um, and it was also it was cool to see and uh, the the battle between Anissa and Jefferson. Although it was kind of tough to watch because you didn't really want them to hurt each other. Um, but i I think it opens up new storytelling when they've, they're out there. You know, they know each others are out there now, and even if they don't want the other one to get hurt, I wonder where they're going to go with that.
1: I can't wait to see her reaction to her dad being Black Lightning, and I'm pretty sure she's going to be the one that's going to want to work together, and he's probably not going to want her doing this kind of life. And one note I did make was, I'm pretty sure this is the first episode to use the word metahuman. It could be wrong, and maybe one of our listeners will correct me on that, but I did hear the word metahuman being used in this episode, and I think this could be the first episode that that was the case.
2: Yeah, I haven't really paid that close attention, but I... Now that you say it, I don't remember them using it before either, but
1: I I agree with you. I think
2: Anissa is definitely going to want to team up with Black Lightning and, you know, with her dad and go out and fix things and fight. And he's not going to want her to do that, understandably. So there's definitely going to be some drama there. So maybe she's even going to have to just like sneak out and do it on her own. And then maybe some situations will force them to have to work together.
0: Right There's always the classic sort of "Oh, I don't want you to fight," and then she sneaks out and fights on her own, and then he says, "Well, if you're gonna do this, you gotta do it my way, and I train you um it wouldn't surprise me. that's sort of a classic thing in in superhero books and t v shows when when stuff like that happens, but um either way, you know the show continues to surprise me, so I'm confident they'll be able to handle that well,
1: yeah, well, Gambi could just train her in secret, because what's one more secret to keep from Jefferson' Cause you got a long gap. <laughs>
0: uh that's true um uh, i mean Gambi does want to keep the pierce family safe we know that much um but at times it seems like he uh, uh something else is going on there that makes you question you know what he would want to do and he also was cool with jefferson fighting crime so will he be cool with denissa i don't know
1: uh one note i did make was Gambi needs a fail safe for that suit like a button that neutralizes jefferson so he can't go off and make rash decisions <laughs> because he can't, he doesn't have any control. Jefferson just, oh, like rules. So it would be good to have, like, have a button to shut the suit down.
0: I don't know, I don't <laughs> know if
2: I trust Gambie with that button.
1: That's true, too. <laughs> right.
0: Then then he'd be as scary as Gideon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so on to Arrow episode titled Collision Course. And finally, sort of the battle between the the two different, the split teams. Uh, comes to a head here, all over. Quentin keeping track of Laurel. What do you think here, Travis?
1: Uh, this was a good episode. <laughs> it progressed the storyline. There were some scenes <laughs> that I enjoyed, but I didn't like. It didn't draw me in. Like I wasn't really captivated. I found that Black, uh, Black Canary went from kill mode to not rather quickly after enforcing for two or three episodes that that's not she wasn't going to back down. That was her goal. But it was nice to see Mister Terrific. Uh, he was on an emotional roller coaster this episode, and at the end, he don't want anything to do with new te- uh, original team Arrow, which I didn't see that happen.
0: Yeah, so um, I don't want to harp on Arrow too much. Uh, <laughs> the, they've really been focusing on this this the split and the teams, and I find it I found it hard to root for either side. Not because uh, I, I'm interested in both of them, but I'm sort of disappointed in. In both sets of teams, and um, Diggle just comes in screaming, seems out of character, and lots of little things like that. So I, I don't really, I'm not, I don't really have anyone to root for right now, except for like <laughs> Quentin and Thea, um, and even they're doing some questionable things, I guess. But um, there, having said that, there is some some good stuff going on there. Uh, I really liked the the scene. I didn't expect Dinah to actually go through killing Laurel, but um, it was cool to see Curtis sort of talk her down and um, have that resolved. And, and there were lots of other good moments mixed in the show, too.
1: Well, I liked how Oliver said that he wasn't the best person to tell Black Canary not to kill somebody. He was rather hypocritical, which at least he made note of that because he's killed a lot in the past. And like you said, I thought Mr. Terrific, Curtis, Sean, this episode, i really a uh, wild dog grenade. driving me crazy, so I'm kind of glad Oliver kicked the crap out of him, and we're not going to see him for a few episodes, it sounds like. Uh, but like you said, uh, there was some good stuff. And going forward now, we're gonna have the Roy Harper story arc for a couple of episodes, so that'll be nice. Because I wanted the one thing I didn't like about this episode, I kind of wanted Thea to subdue Wild Dog because they're shooting live bullets at them. Like, right? Was, I didn't. That that drove me crazy. I didn't even understand. Like, dude, you're shooting, made big explosions, even though I don't know how. And <laughs> He, I thought Thea should have just came. And I would have loved to see Thea subdueing rather quickly, because I think that she's better than all of them, like hand to hand combat style. So I would have just loved to see her do that because they got a little back and forth Panther history, but they don't explore that anymore.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There, I would have liked to have seen her do something. I, c- I couldn't believe. Yeah, it's it's sort of tough to. Um, I don't know. It just escalated very quickly. Uh, well, it, it's been brewing over several episodes, and there's clearly tension there. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a everybody was sort of going for it in that fight, and uh, it kind of makes you a, you don't want to see anyone get hurt.
1: That's true. And what I, what you said about Dig coming in shouting, it really didn't gel with the rest of the episode because he was trying to tack Oliver down, tack them down. At one point at the end, he's like, "Nothing's done that can't be undone." But the one thing that was cool for me to see was his loyalty. He was like, Oliver, like, I'll back your play. I always have. I always will. But I don't know if you're doing it really. Like he put his said, no matter what, I'm going to trust you and got your back. But I'm still not 100% sure this is the right way to go. So I enjoyed at least Diggle spoke up about that instead of being a blind soldier, which he's never been before. So we got his take on it, too, a little bit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, was, I thought I didn't like his screaming early in the episode. But, yeah, he, I was glad to see Diggle being back. The voice of reason. That's when he's sort of always at his best. He is. Um, he's always sort of been to me the best voice of reason on the show. And sort of when he's at his best, it's okay, everybody. Let's let's step back and, and look at this situation. And he was sort of the only one doing that in this episode. And everybody else was sort of just ready to fight or ready to to do whatever they had to to get what they wanted. And he was the only one. Let's let's step back and, and take a look at things. Uh, although I didn't. Didn't really
1: help that much. Well, he always Dick used to always be the guy who did the right thing, no matter what. But at, in season four, they kind of blurred the lines in that a little bit. But we had a little arrow civil war going on here, and I thought at the end we we got to make note of this. It was a smart plan by Black and I made note of it because I thought that that would like never been explored. That she could just say that she's Laurel and come back that way. So this is cool to see and they need to get someone needs to get Sarah in to talk to Quentin because he needs someone needs to talk to him.
0: I I mean I just feel bad for him. Like every every scene I just I feel sad for Quentin and I I don't know what Laurel's plan is there. I mean if she's just going to try to step into the life of Laurel um and try to trick everyone or if she actually wants to to sort of live her life and she try to be a good person. I don't I don't know, but um, yeah, I'm curious to see how that plays out.
1: I'll agree with you on Quentin, too. It does break my heart. Sometimes I think that maybe he should have been killed off in the end of the second season or the third because they're really making his death like would feel less to me now. Like I'm half wishing it because they're, finding out of, they're running out of things to do with him. Like He's smarter than this historically. So this right. throwing me for a loop a little bit. How over and over, just throughout this whole for well since the first time we've seen black Sarah, he's been like this so i'm just starting to get a little fed up but we get good stuff looking forward because i did watch the preview and thea seems like a total badass next episode and we get return of roy harper
0: that's good and that is definitely something to look forward to so i guess that's it for this week in the dccw man everything else was back uh, except for supergirl gotham and Lucifer Returned, iZombie Season 4 had its debut. Um, Liv made some delicious-looking brain chicken wings. Uh, so iZombie is definitely back. And yeah, a lot of DC TV going on. Travis, let everybody know where they can get a hold of you.
1: You can follow me on Twitter at Travis underscore 156. Just drop me a line and we can chat DC anytime.
0: All right, well, that is all we have for today. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back tomorrow.